Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Happy Tuesday, y'all. Happy Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get it, y'all. There's so much good to get. I am feeling celebratory. Are you feeling celebratory? My name is Brad Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death, and that makes this a great day. Now lace up your new balance Five, seven, fours, and let's talk sports. This is Thanksgiving week. We have a buffet on the table and a buffet in the sports world. I know, I know. I said the month of October was a buffet of sports, and that's true. We lack baseball now. So maybe this is a buffet of a different kind. You know how there's a lot of different kinds of buffets in the world? You've got your American food buffets. You've got your Chinese buffets. You've got your pizza buffets. Well, this is a buffet of a different kind. We've got a holiday sports buffet laid out in front of us, and we are certainly going to talk about it. I was thinking about Thanksgiving and memories Growing up in my life of Thanksgiving, what what do you think of when you think of Thanksgiving and sports? Quite honestly, for me, the first memory that pops into my head when I think of Thanksgiving and sports is 1998 Cowboys-Vikings Randy Moss. Early in that game, he had a long touchdown catch. He ended up catching three balls that day on Thanksgiving Day for 163 yards and three touchdowns. How's that for efficiency? Three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. When I think of sports and Thanksgiving, that's the memory that explodes right into my head. I also have fond memories of Thanksgiving football as a kid. We would play Thanksgiving football as a family for a number of years when I was a child. And I have great memories of going out to the field with my uncles, my cousins, and uh, friends from their town and having some really solid football games. Does anybody play football on Thanksgiving? If you have an amazing football or Thanksgiving sport tradition that you still do right now, would you be willing to share that? Uh, comment at the show, comment on profanleague.com. I am truly interested to hear about cool Thanksgiving sports traditions that you might have with your family. 
let me share a little story from last year. My brother said he wanted to fire up Thanksgiving football again. It's been a number of years since we did it. I didn't know if we could get enough players to get a game. So I tried to make a Thanksgiving football experience for the family. I think it went pretty well. It was kind of like a skills competition. We were throwing footballs at targets and having to throw a football over a house and your teammate catch. It was a team-oriented football skills competition. So one of my sons, about halfway through this competition, we're playing. We're throwing a football, trying to throw a football into a bucket. And I'm about to go. And one of my sons, uh, he was eight years old at seven. He was seven years old at the time. Uh, This son likes to talk trash during sporting events. I'm about to step up to lob this football into the bucket. And he walks by very calmly and just says in a very low voice to me, Hey, Dad, for being the one that made this competition, you don't seem to be very good at it today. And then he just walked away. And I missed the bucket. And he was thrilled. He was thrilled. He was living in my head rent-free. I tell you, I did not win the competition that day. That is a Thanksgiving football memory. What kind of football memories do you have? Thanksgiving football. Another memory that I didn't remember, but I was reminded of it when I went and started looking up all-time great Thanksgiving football performances. Peyton Manning threw for six touchdowns in 2004 on Thanksgiving Day. There's a really great list on the uh, Yard Barker Sports website of historic football performances on Thanksgiving Day. It's coming on Thursday. Detroit Lions fans this year are stoked about Thanksgiving Day football. They're 8-2. They escaped the Chicago Bears at home this past week in a tough game where they came back from a large deficit, but they won. And this is the mark of good teams. I know that as fans, we love to see our teams win in dominant fashion. But let me remind you, most of the time, teams that are truly great know how to win ugly. Even on a day where maybe they should have lost. or I mean, Jared Goff on Sunday threw three interceptions. And they still found a way. This is a mark of good football teams. This is a mark of good baseball teams. This is a mark of any good sports team. When it's an ugly day, it's hard, you're down, you're facing adversity, and you can still find a way to overcome and squeak out a W, mark of a good team. The Detroit Lions are surging. The Eagles, the Lions, and the 49ers all have compelling cases for football success in the winter. They all play very transferable styles of football to play off football when it's cold, when you see running games and the battles in the trenches. We're going to have some good playoff matchups. Assuming the ambulance stays away from these teams and they can deliver healthy lineups. 
Unfortunately, in the AFC North, we're starting to see some of the wind get taken out of what should have been a very compelling end to the season. Joe Burrow going down, Deshaun Watson going down. That's tough. Although the Cleveland Browns overcame this weekend and still found a way to win. That defense is playing at a premier level. Last night, the Eagles in Kansas City played. The Kansas City receivers have dropped 9% of passes so far in this NFL season. The Broncos in the AFC West are now just two games back of Kansas City. This could be an interesting race down the stretch as well. The Kansas City receiver situation seems to be puzzling Andy Reid. They're dropping balls historically. Patrick Mahomes is used to his receivers catching. And Travis Kelsey's been quiet now for a few weeks. Andy Reid is an amazing offensive mind. I'm sure him and Pat Mahomes are working hard on this. They're not satisfied. But we see Russell Wilson and Sean Payton seem to be starting to find some harmony. It will be very interesting to see. That Broncos team does not lack talent. We'll see if they can put it together. They have a huge speed bump in the Kansas City Chiefs. They have not been able to figure out the Chiefs. Maybe the time is coming where they figure out the Chiefs. Into college football, Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies, Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies also found a way to keep the good vibes rolling. They went to Oregon State on Saturday night, played in a sloppy atmosphere as far as the weather, and came out with a win. And I think that Michael Penix has potential, if he's well supported by the front office and the head coaching staff, and they bring in a quarterback coach who can draw out his talents, I think he has the chance to be a very good NFL quarterback. He made some throws from the far hash in this game, in the snow, that were attention-grabbing. This guy is pretty far down in the draft rankings right now as far as quarterbacks go. I think his size, his pocket presence, his ability to run, I find it to be a very intriguing prospect. Continuing on in the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA right now in the West at 10-3. and It's been a long time since we could say the Minnesota Timberwolves are the best team in the Western Conference in the NBA. But right now, they are playing some fabulous basketball, and they have a lot of talent A lot of young talent on that roster, particularly Anthony Edwards, is continuing with the momentum that he had over the summer playing for the U.S. men's national team. And this man can score the rock. All the things are coming together. Rudy Gobert in the center. Big Cat, Anthony Towns. Playing power forward. They've got weapons. They've got grit. It'll be interesting to see if this Minnesota Timberwolves team continues to mature. On the other side, 
Also in Detroit, the Detroit Pistons have now lost 12 games in a row. They have two wins on the season. This is a young team. And I think in the NBA, something that's interesting is when teams go to the lottery and they start to try to fill their roster with talent, like the Detroit Pistons roster right now is full of first-round draft picks. But they're trying to learn how to win. Most of these guys are somewhere between 19 and 23 years old. And there's a lot coming at them when you consider the money they're making, the travel, the level of competition in the NBA. Finding your way as a young man, as a professional, as a player, the physicality of the NBA, it takes time. It takes more than talent to win in sports. And I think the Detroit Pistons are a good picture of that. Right now they're in free fall. They have a young player named Cade Cunningham who is very gifted, and I think he wants to be the leader of that team. Though the Pistons right now are down, there's somebody that I'm watching with interest to see if this team can forge an identity. They have a new coach in Dwayne Casey. He's trying to build a culture. These are the kind of stories I like. I like watching young teams try to build culture and win championships. In baseball... Free agency is ongoing. The Philadelphia Phillies re-signed Aaron Nola, a 30-year-old starting pitcher, this past weekend, November 19th, to a seven-year, $172 million deal. According to ESPN, the Phillies now have six players on a nine-figure deal. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Zach Wheeler, JT Real Muto, and Nick Castellanos are all playing on $100 million or more deals. Trey Turner and Bryce Harper have both inked deals over $300 million. They are all hovering right around the primes of their careers, like that 30-year-old bracket. The Phillies, in my opinion, need to go all in. I mean, they kind of already have. But they're all in with the same core that they've been to the NLCS two years in a row and the World Series. Can this team, the way it is, with these six guys as the core, win a championship? At this point, the Phillies have spent so much money. I think, I say, put all the marbles out there and find a way to get Mike Trout. Mike Trout's an NFL season ticket holder with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's from New Jersey. Go get Mike Trout. I have some friends who are Phillies fans. They don't like this feeling that they're trying to buy a championship. Well, the ship has sailed, friends. If you're a Phillies fan, you just need to come to grips with the fact your payroll is sky high. And if they do not win a championship, probably in the next three years... I don't know that these guys are going to. I mean, Father Time is undefeated. And the clock is ticking. So at this point, come to grips with who you are. The Phillies are big spenders. I don't know that I'd say they're the new Yankees, but this payroll is like Old Faithful. 
blowing sky high. So embrace the identity that you're big spenders now. Find a way to bring Mike Trout in or Corbin Burns, the starting pitcher from the Milwaukee Brewers. Could also be a really good fit. Get that third marquee starter and go for it. All costs. Clearly money is no object right now for the Philadelphia Phillies. College hoops. This weekend, the All-State Maui Invitational is going on. And tonight, there are two great matchups. Number two ranked Purdue plays number seven, Tennessee, at 8 o'clock. And then at 10.30, number one, Kansas, plays number four, Marquette. And that game is a November treat. Kansas Marquette is a game with national championship potential. Both of these teams have aspirations to win the chip this year. So this is an early season test for Kansas, an early season test for Marquette, and this game could very well be worth staying up till 1034. If you have some holiday time where you're going to have off and you're thinking, wow, I want to take in some sport, looking for a, looking for a, a high-stakes matchup, look no further. Kansas Marquette will very likely be worth the time. What a week. Monday night, Eagles, Chiefs. Tuesday night, Kansas Marquette. I think the championship of the All-State Maui might be tomorrow. Maybe it's Thursday. So they'll be quality college basketball to watch. Thursday, we've got NFL football and, of course, all your backyard traditions. Friday, more football, more basketball. Friday night, NBA in-season tournament continues. It's an amazing week. Part of the reason this is also an amazing week is because as we slow down, or maybe because it's a holiday week as we're speeding up, let's not, for ta- let's not forget to take time to give thanks. God owns it all. God the Father owns it all. All good gifts come from above. He has provided for sin. Jesus Christ came to earth to conquer sin and death. So we no longer have to be enemies of God. Our sins can be forgiven when we recognize we need a Savior. And we repent of our sin and accept Jesus Christ's blood as the sacrifice for our sins. And we are invited to God's table as friends, no longer enemies. And then the Holy Spirit comes into us as a helper to help us walk through this life in ways that honor God. Until we go to be with Christ or or Jesus returns and brings his new kingdom and we feast at that table. This feasting at Thanksgiving is a foreshadowing of so many amazing things for the believer of Jesus. So, if you believe in Jesus, I would encourage you to be filled with joy this 
this Thanksgiving season, as you feast at a table, that there is the most amazing feast coming towards you that we will ever experience in the new heavens and the new earth with Jesus. And if you don't believe in Jesus, if you're hearing this and you don't believe in Jesus, if you're filled with despair, if you're filled with shame and condemnation, I would encourage you today that there's hope. There's a great Savior. Jesus Christ stands ready to save. Ask somebody who knows about Jesus. Pick up the Bible. Start reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, any of those any of those books in the Bible will get you a great introduction to the person of Jesus. He stands ready to save from sin. He stands ready to offer hope. This Thanksgiving, I hope you have an amazing time with your friends and your family. I hope you have an excellent time of fellowship, not just eating, not just sports. Yes, there's a lot of sports to enjoy, but this is just an add-on to the core of Thanksgiving. Let's have, let's pray that we can have attitudes of thanksgiving, hearts filled with worship, and draw those around us to the same. We have opportunity this week to draw people to the wonderful, powerful, almighty God. So let's be leaders in that sense. Also in the vein of leadership, I was reminded this week of the power of leadership, the power of taking opportunities, taking risk from time to time to do something that seems potentially hard. Bruce Arians, the former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, labeled his offense the no risk it, no biscuit offense. And no risk it, no biscuit meant he was constantly pushing forward, aggressive, aggressive, looking to take shots down the field. He became the oldest coach to win a Super Bowl at 68 years old. Him and Tom Brady combined to win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the no risk it, no biscuit offense was a big part of that. This past weekend, in history, on the other side of the pendulum, a young lady named Erin Matson became the youngest person in NCAA history to win a national championship as a coach. She's the head coach of the UNC, University of North Carolina, field hockey team. And at the age of 23 years old, she led the Lady Tar Heels, to a fifth national championship in the last six years. So this young lady is viewed as potentially the greatest field hockey player in the history of the sport. North Carolina field hockey has won five of the last six national titles, and she was on the team for all of those as a player. She graduated, and she was hired as the head coach at 22 years old, she just turned 23 recently. She was hired as a head coach at 22 after she graduated, replacing Karen Shelton, who had been coaching the team for the last 42 years. And this past weekend, they beat Northwestern to win the national championship. As we're thinking about leadership, 
as we're thinking about the opportunities in front of us that we have this week to to lead our families and our friends in thankful spirits and hearts of worship to have meaningful conversations these two coaching stories also brought me to consider in some of your spare time where are some opportunities that you might be putting off doing something hard that you feel the lord calling you to do or or you are feeling inspired to do like you know with your time talent and resources there's this activity you should be taking on but you've been putting it off part of the Aaron Matson story that i read yesterday is there were many people who were skeptical when the University of North Carolina hired a 22-year-old to coach their field hockey team. Despite all her success as a player, they didn't think it would translate to her as a coach. Obviously, now that they've won the national championship, that story is starting to change. But she went in there against all odds after she graduated and put together a full presentation for the North Carolina athletic director and advocated for the job. I would imagine that there were some folks who doubted she would be able to to capture the job. But she went for it anyway. Bruce Arians, 68 years old. I'm sure there were some people who thought Bruce could be too old to coach a championship football team. Tom Brady, potentially too old to win a championship. See, we have both spectrums covered here. Today, are you young? Are you a young person today buying into the lies that just because you're young, you can't do something great? Are you older today? Are you moving into some new periods of your life where you're trying to figure it out, but you kind of think that your best days are behind you? I think Bruce Arians would have something to say about that. I think Aaron Matson would have a message for the young people about that. Your age does not preclude you from doing amazing things. I would encourage you, if you can identify, and all the ages in between, 23 to 68, you know, 12 to 100, 5 to 105, if you know that you're gifted in a certain way, If you feel like the Lord is calling you something to do, if there's something on your heart that matches your gifting and you have people around you supporting you, but you've been putting it off, can I encourage you that this week, as you have some time off for Thanksgiving, to take some time alone to pray about it, to seek the Lord, to ask people you love who you're probably going to see what they think about it, to help you build a plan to start moving forward and a and a good first step list all the reasons that you're not pursuing what you feel like you should be doing or what you've been putting off doing list out the reasons and then take them to somebody you trust who you know will tell you the truth 
and go through each one of those reasons as to why you're not moving forward and have a, is this a truth or a lie discussion? And am I acting in faith or fear about each one of those items? If you don't want to do both, truth or lies. I don't want to do this because of this reason. Or I've been putting this activity off that I know I should be doing because of this reason. List out four or five reasons. Have somebody you trust go through each one with you and let them tell you if they believe that reason is valid. Is that a truthful reason or is it a lie that you're believing about the situation? Evaluate it. And maybe Thanksgiving 2023 could be the start of you moving forward on a performance like Randy Moss or Peyton Manning. Six touchdowns, three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Matson, championships. Bruce Arians, championships. Fill in your name. Don't be discouraged. Yes, you might be in the midst of something hard, but there's hope. You may be on a string of successes right now. Stay humble. Pray for humility. Give the glory to God. Don't get comfortable. Don't get satisfied. Keep moving forward. Or maybe you're right on the edge of moving into something new right now. I would encourage you to keep moving forward. Remember, we are not just fans. I am cheering for you. I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving full of the joy of the Lord. Enjoy the food. I thank you for spending some time with us this morning. I thank you for sharing this podcast. Please talk about it, share it, comment about Thanksgiving memories. Give us a five star. Thursday, there will be a new Swinging a Torch. Friday, God willing, there will be another Pro Fan League podcast. Swing back, spend some time with us on this Thanksgiving. We are not just fans. Talk to you Friday.